are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Boy, let's go. Hour two of the show off and running with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. Customer inspired. Check them out at cspire.com. And as we talked about yesterday with Jim Richmond, y'all really, we're all sports fans here in and around Mississippi, most of us in Mississippi. Go check it out over there right now, cspire.com slash sports. Celebrating 30 years in sports marketing at C Spire. And you know, if you've been to any sporting event in Mississippi, high school, college, really anything, any sport, you, you've seen C Spire there and you've seen kiosks and you've seen signs and sponsorships and billboards. And, and they really do support it. And a lot of money has been pumped into sports in Mississippi from that company. It's great folks. And uh, even on shows like this, you know, they've supported it over the years. And I'm thankful for them. There's a cool video there that kind of takes you back through it. But the thing in the video that was most interesting to me, remember the Y'all versus Us high school series? Y'all versus Us documentary, and then they had the Y'all versus Us and Bright Lights games where we televised those high school games on like Fox Sports South, and it was so much fun. Remembered some of that. Great games, too. And, and speaking of, I think the very first nationally televised high school game that C Spire put on back then. I can't remember the year, but I want to say it was somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 08, 09, somewhere. Maybe I'm I, – anyway, the very first Bright Lights and Y'all versus Us, I believe, was Madison Central and Clinton. I think it was the first one we ever did, followed by some others. We did we did Prep and JA one year. Um we did Brandon Pearl one year on television. A bunch of folks remember that. Did some other South Panola, Olive Branch. Uh, a couple of schools in Memphis that we did. Went to Mobile. Um, anyway, but I think the very first one we did was Madison Central Clinton uh, when, when Coach Hall was still at uh, Madison Central. Um, MSU. Speaking of, MSU 1980, he te- I'm, I'm coming to the phones. MSU 1980 texts the show, and he said, Matt, we got us a good high school football game tomorrow night in Tupelo between Tupelo and Madison Central. Playoff game, 7A. Six games back, Tupelo beat Madison Central 14-12. to But since then, MC's won four of the last five, outscored their opponents 165-42. to Good night. Really? He says, and the one loss was to Starkville 39-7. And you did. I remember it, MSU night today. You told me that they were going to beat. I mean, that Starkville was going to win that game. And Starkville, how do you figure out Starkville this year? Some of the wins, that one example, thirty-nine-seven. Some of the losses, lost to Germantown, went to Tupelo and just got embarrassed a couple of weeks ago. And um, I don't know how you. I don't know how you figure them out. All right, so here we go. Folks have been hanging on for a while, being patient. Let's get into it right now on the Divini Equipment. Phone line. Uh, first up on line one is Rooster. Thanks for calling, Rooster. What's up? Yeah, you don't need to apologize for me. You know that. <laughs> but is Tupelo still a Golden Wave? Yes, they are. Okay, wasn't sure. Yeah, we got we got to root for the Jaguars, though. You know, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't want to be negative. I spoke to Regina yesterday, and she said neither game is nearby close to a sellout. 
Southern Mississippi or the Egg Bowl. In fact, she told me you can get a ticket for $20. I believe it. I go, repeat that. 20 bucks. I believe it. I, I believe mean, it. It's, I'm telling you, it's yeah, flat. And the point I'm trying to make is, if they would pick that head coach before the Egg Bowl, that would benefit ticket sales, no question. And it's sad. I mean, you know, even if it's $50 a pop, 60,000 seats, that's $3 million. That's what we need to be shooting for, is fill that stadium. Yeah. And it's kind of a dis- – I don't want to be negative again. It's kind of a disservice. The Mississippi State ma- – ex-Mississippi State manager said this morning on radio that Will is going to Western Kentucky. He said it point blank. Oh, and everybody that, knows it. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Said it on the radio. So Drew – I go, wait a minute. So, so Drew, Drew Hollingshead – who was you know on the Mike Leach staff coaching quarterbacks? They all got fired. <laughs> Coach Arnett fired all of them. He wound up as the OC at Western Kentucky. Who I think Rooster, I think Western Kentucky is five and five this year. Um, and I hadn't looked up right. you know the numbers. If I could look up their stats. Yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I was just jumping in there. No, that's okay. <laughs> but all I'm saying is I want to see the sellout. That want it full. And cowbells ringing like crazy. So that's why I'm saying they would hurry up and announce that thing because we only got now a week. Today is Thursday. Seven days to the game. But they, anyway, it's, yeah. it just does seem a little strange that, you know, Will has been out this long without surgery. That's the thing that just seems strange. And I'm not a, you know, a trainer or whatever. But it just seems strange that he's missed this much and there's no surgery. Yeah, I mean, how badly is it injured? Of course, he said himself that he would play in the egg bowl. Yeah, he made that statement several times. Well, but again, if they would I make so. that decision, it would kind of, kind of unite everybody and give us some direction. Yeah, I know. Could, but yeah. you know that I agree with you. Like it's an if, but you know, if they could announce a coach, so yeah, sure, it would kind of get a little juice going. But at the same time, don't you think? I mean, the process is going to dictate that. It's not like. Your time frame dictates the process. The process will decide when you have a coach. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you're not going to rush just to get people excited and buy a few more tickets for these last two games. You're not going to rush hiring a guy. You're still going to go through the process, well, no. I guess, and try to hire you know the best coach you can. They it wasn't like when Coach Leach died. They knew they were going to replace Arnett long before the A and M game. Hmm. Guarantee you, they did. Yeah, they knew it. They well, so it. I, I would agree with. I think the tea leaves read that somebody knew long before the A&M game they were going to make a change as far as the timing. How, how soon do you think they knew? What would you guess? Arizona. Hmm. Arizona. I think they knew then. I think they knew them because I don't know. You know, my, I don't have my contacts anymore. You know, yeah, I got you. I'm Mississippi State family sort of redheaded stepchild now. But uh, I think after that game, you knew, wait a minute. You know, I had to win the game at overtime. Of course, Arizona, new quarterback, have turned their season around. But all year long, just all types of evidence. And then, as you said, to echo what you said, to scrap everything, mm-hmm. to go in and blow the thing up. Yeah. But they did it. I don't know who's the person involved. It's not Arnett. Yeah. I mean, somebody hired him and somebody... If that was his decision, somebody okayed it. Do you know, it's interesting, the argument, too, uh, Rooster. And and in just a second, I'm going to jump, and we've got a couple other calls hanging on. But, but Rooster, I had a a guy um, say to me this week, well, I'm not sure anybody on that Mike Leach staff was ready to step into an offensive coordinator role. Do you know that – so Hollingshead went to – and he's young, man. And that guy's like in his 20s almost or early 30s. He went to Western Kentucky. He's an 
OC there. Now, they're not world beaters, but they are 5-5, five and five, and I think their offense has been better than State's. Steve Spurrier Jr. went is the offensive coordinator. That's two. He's the offensive coordinator at Tulsa. And Tulsa's got not a great team, but their offense is actually statistically slightly better than State's. And then Mason Miller, the offensive line coach on that staff, he went. He's the offensive coordinator now at Tarleton State. Okay, that's three. Tarleton State's moving up to division, you know, to FBS. They are eight and three right now. And his offense has been lighting everybody up in year one. So it's interesting to me that three of the fired staff members, they didn't go to be position coaches anywhere. They all went to be coordinators at different schools. Yeah, great point. That's interesting. Hey, I appreciate your call, as always, Rooster. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Call me anytime. And I, it is, Rooster has a point. No other way to describe it in terms of accurately with a word, it's just disappointing from a state perspective that this is a year you're going to host Southern Miss and Ole Miss back-to-back. Super rare. But because of the scenario, it, everything's a little flat. And therefore, you're not going to have sellouts and you're not going to have you know, tremendous boiling over atmospheres. And I know when those were scheduled, that was – or when that was scheduled in front of the Egg Bowl, that was kind of the hope. All right, uh, over to line two. Jimmy hanging on. Jimmy, thanks for waiting. What's up? Hey, uh, how about that Brewster? Um, <laughs> hey, Matt, um, the uh, Ole Miss-Mississippi State game and the Southern Mississippi State game this weekend, is there going to be any punches thrown and <laughs> is there going to be any fighting? And uh, <laughs> That's a good question. It's always, <laughs> always a good question. <laughs> yeah. And I, hey, I wish I was there. I had to work another football, college football game, but um, I, I wish I was there. I used to really enjoy going to all those interstate rival games. But Matt, I have to ask you this question because I've been reading a lot about it. Okay, uh, Dan Mullen, do you want Dan Mullins back at Mississippi State to coach them? And is Dan Mullins at the top, uh, up at the top echelon of the list? Uh, to come back and coach Mississippi State and uh, bring back the glory days, I guess you could say, <laughs> or the players that okay that you need to have to win. Yeah, let me let me jump in there. I I don't think he's anywhere near the top of the list. Um, you know, I don't. I haven't been told that. That's just me. In call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he's near the top of the list. Now, two points. I, as well as other state fans, have a great and always will have a great appreciation for what he put together there during that time and some of those teams and the DAC teams and the rankings and the winning the games and the stadium being full. You know, there's just always going to be a great appreciation. The guys they put in the NFL. But I think, you know, it's just he even said it the other day, you just wonder if the timing is right. Because I think someone like Dan, who's a little more old school in his approach to develop players versus just recruit this five-star type things at all costs, where those guys need to wait and see how this is going to play out. We don't even know, Jimmy, if those courts are going to decide that football players are employees in another year or another two. It's very, I think it's very likely. And then when that happens, it totally changes everything about how you build a roster and how you you know, adjust to all that. And I think a guy like Dan probably 
is wanting to wait that stuff out instead of jumping back into it right now. And when you're sitting on buyout money and TV money, why wouldn't you do it, right? So I think that's probably where it is right now. Hey, Matt, real quick, you had three players jump in the portal and hit hit the portal for Mississippi State. Uh, there'll probably be more players. Um, I guess the best approach is once you have a lot of players hit the portal to transfer out, you got to go get uh, some players and bring them in. Um, you know, have, have y'all do y'all have a plan at Mississippi State to recruit a lot of good players through the portal? <laughs> Jimmy, I'll just be honest with you. I don't really know. I just don't know. Like, I'm not a coach. I'm not on the staff. And, and I know it's. I, I appreciate your interaction and trusting me with a question, but I, I, I owe you my honesty. And my honesty is I don't, I'm not talking to the football staff about that stuff, and I, I just don't really know. I'm sure they want to, but I don't really know any specifics. And I do know they're going to have to access the portal as far as what their plan is. I, I don't have the slightest idea. Appreciate the phone call, Jimmy. Call me anytime. Now over to line three where Big Wayne is hanging on. What's up, Wayne? Thanks for calling. Yeah, sure. How you doing? Great. Good to hear from you. Man, I just, I think it was just insanity that Arnett did not keep stay with that air raid. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Also, y'all don't be, go ahead. No, no, go you, ahead, no, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You go ahead, Wayne. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, we did talk about it earlier in the week, and, and uh, yeah, it, it just, it kind of, I don't know, it, it just never made any practical sense given everything that you were going through. This was not a deal where somebody had been fired or hired away, you know, Coach Leach passed, and, and his staff that he put together, that they were so loyal to each other, <laughs> they wanted to stay. And they had the quarterback for it, or a quarterback for it. They had an offensive line for it. And it really set them back. And I think we're seeing you know, the, the results of that and some other decisions. All right, there's my there's my two cents. Now what you got? Okay. I mean, it was in, like when, when Southern, Fedora left Southern, and they didn't hire that Anderson guy at Utah State. That was insanity. I'm going to ask Y'all don't beat the feathers off of us this weekend now. <laughs> Listen, Wayne, okay, so you're a Southern Miss fan. I'm just going to tell you, State may do it. State may whip them good, for all we know. I mean, well, you, you know, you just don't know. You don't know, and that's you know? the thing, Wayne. When you are an offense that's struggling to just basically, like, mm-hmm. execute consistently the way State is, I mean, the game can turn on them and go poorly for three or four or five series in a row, and the next thing you know, we got a ball game in the fourth quarter. I mean, I just, you know, it's a game that State should be able to. State should be able yeah. to impose some physical will and run the ball and and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, all it takes you is know. a turnover or two, and you never know. What a- what the kid from Brandon, is he going to play or be still up in there? Still up in the air. That's what was said yesterday, um, and the interim coach, Coach Knox, he said it's still a, for for him and for Woody Marks, both those guys. It's still like day to day. You talk to the doctors. Is he cleared? Is he cleared? And and we still don't know at this point. And it's hard on a coaching staff, Wayne. But when you get to Wednesday and Thursday, and it's still up in the air, and you're like, okay, he could play, he could not, because by this yeah. point, you got to get somebody ready to play. 
Like the game's in two days, you, you know? know? You know, I always thought Tony Hughes would have made a good one, but they got to get some knocks, guy, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It is going to be that. All right, man. Sure. Y'all have a good one. All right, you too, Wayne. Appreciate the phone call. Always good to hear your voice. Give me a call anytime. All right, let's hit the uh, the live thread, the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi. That's where you need to do business. Will says, I'm only in on Judge, so I'm at Joe Judge, if he can get our NFL alums to say, Mississippi State, when they do the starting lineups on primetime games. <laughs> he says, as it stands, they all say they're high school. <clears throat> I didn't know. That's a good point, though. Um, Legba on YouTube says, the University of Mississippi, Mississippi, or UM. Ole Miss doesn't like being called those correct monikers. Yeah, Mississippi. Yeah, Coach Cheryl used to call them Mississippi. And I was always like, well, what's the big deal? What is the big deal with that? I mean, why wouldn't you want to be called that? But I think it was more of a respect thing than anything else, right? Here's what we want to be called, and you do it. <laughs> he was like, and that's Coach Cheryl's personality. It really is. Coach Cheryl's personality is if you tell him he better do something, he's going to not do it just to show you that he don't have to do it <laughs> that way. Uh, lots more in there. Let's see what Jimmy's saying. Jimmy says you can't change scheme at game 11 of a season and you can't coach by popular vote. We have decent coaches. They just need to coach. Yeah, and Jimmy, that came up earlier this week. I think it was maybe in a text when somebody said, hey, can they do air raid stuff for, in these last two games? Listen, that's what I said. People that maybe hadn't had a chance to coach or play that much in football might not understand that, but it's not like – other sports, it's not like basketball, it's not like a, you know, baseball where you can snap your fingers and go one way or the other really quickly. Football, you're talking about 11 players, all 11 have to do the right thing every time, over and over and over. And when you've you've done things a certain way, starting in February and then March and April spring practice and then May and June and July summer workouts and then August fall camp and then the season in September and October and now it's November. It, you are what you are. You don't change. You can't. There's just no such thing as, hey, we're going to start running the air raid. <laughs> you just don't do that. It, it takes so much work to get 11 guys to do the right thing all the time in what you're doing. You can't just go change it up. It's, it doesn't work that way in football. Frankus Del Tankus on the Country Pleasing text line says, Speaking of toxic rivalries, Toledo has an actual rocket mounted outside of their stadium aimed to land at the 50-yard line of Bowling Green. Pretty funny fact learned during midweek Maxion. Wait a minute. Okay, so it's not a real rocket. Like It didn't have juice in it. <laughs> it didn't have fuel in it. But it is actually aimed where that rocket, if hypothetically, would land on the other team's stadium? I mean, if so, that is... Pretty incredible now. That's pretty incredible right there. Uh, Rob in Jackson says, he says, I always thought Ole Miss really should have answered the TSUN nonsense by referring to 
by referring to state as the school beneath us. That would have really been fun to watch the Little Brother Syndrome really get fueled even more. Well, yeah, the school beneath us. Hey, and I, I, here's the thing, Rob. Like, ironically, Ole Miss calling state the school beneath us was a little bit beneath them. <laughs> you get what I mean? Uh, Mac texts the show, and he says, Cheryl did more for state and Ole Miss football by moving the Egg Bowl back to the campuses and truly putting an emphasis on his school and recruiting. He made both schools start putting more into recruiting. A lot of truth in that. Uh, the absolute truth. Egg Bowl on these campuses, big deal. Of course, I will say it would be cool to, you know, nostalgically to, to have maybe like a two-year stretch of playing it in Jackson again like the old days. Is nostalgically a word? But you get what I'm saying. It would be cool to see that again, I think. All right. Hour two is underway. Ah, a lot of stuff coming in on the Murray West live thread. Jimmy, Danny, Larry, Chuck, Legma, all y'all. And on the country, please, and text line, Mac, Tyga, Ernest, Next Gen, J-Rock, Jason out in Arizona. All of that and more coming up. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. with you here we go rolling along hour two in the bureau the farm bureau insurance studio farm bureau insurance go with the home team chuck on the murray west live thread says i never want us to play a home game in jackson again keep the games on campus emphatically he didn't want it he does not want it to happen Earlier, Chuck said that Toledo rocket factoid is the best thing I've heard all week. It, it might be, too. It's incredible, isn't it, Chuck? I, and I did not, like, Google it to fact check. I just, we, we generally have texters on the show who tell us the truth on this kind of thing. But Frankus Del Tankus, he's on the all-name team for what it's worth, he texts the show in the country, please, and text line and said, Toledo has an actual rocket mounted outside of their stadium aimed to land the 50-yard line of Bowling Green, their rival. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> to go to all that trouble. Okay, this rocket has a range of whatever. If you did it here on a normal flight, a normal amount of rocket fuel, it's going to do this at this angle. and that, that's, Here's the coordinates that would put it right at the 50-yard line of Bowling Green. I mean, to <laughs> they're out there putting a level on it. Yeah, okay, this is right, right here. Man, that's great. Tiger David on the country pleasing text line says, What do you think about Mullen coming back? He's not, and that's that's fine. 
happening. <laughs> isn't, isn't Jake the one that does that? Hey, Beaver, doesn't Jake sometimes go, it ain't happening? No, he really extends it even more. Someone says something, he'll go, <laughs> That kind of sounds like something else. <laughs> Jake, we love you. <laughs> and Bulldog West texts the show and says, Matt, what you just said about not being able to, quote, change guys up on the fly is exactly why firing Leach's coaching staff and trying to make a 180 change with the offense got Zach fired. Not fair to those air raid players and coaches who needed this last season to see it through. It's like trying to force a square peg in a round hole. It is, Wes. I mean, it is. And I almost feel like it's a little bit of beating up on it now because, look, th there can y'all are good about reminding me at times on this show that certain what can look like opposing things can actually be true at the same time. A lot of times I'll go one way or the other, it's black and white, and you'll say, hey, look, what you said is true, but this is also true, and they can both be true at the same time. And I'm learning to understand that, and I appreciate y'all for helping me up on that. It can be true at the same time that I appreciate Zach Arnett for taking the head coaching job. it's I, I'm not re, – I, I don't know for sure, but I kind of was under the impression that it wasn't like he was knocking their door down to interview for it. They came to him, and he steps in the gap, and he led the program during a time it has literally never seen before where you have a season and a team going on and the coach passed away. And, you know, he stepped in. He led them through it and provided some stability during that time. And you – you had to have somebody like him. It was incredibly difficult. Now, if you'd had an athletics director, then it might be different, but you didn't. Okay? Your athletics director, in the middle of the football season, left to go to Auburn the week you were playing Auburn. High and dry. <laughs> now, for whatever reason, you hadn't hired one in a while after that. And so when this happened, and nobody could have planned for Coach Leach passing away. You didn't, and, and so Zach was able to step in and, and provide some stability and leadership when you absolutely had to have it. That can be true at the exact same time as what you and I are saying, Wes. It is so clearly true. And I don't know. No one person makes a decision on this stuff. But given the scenario... and all that Mike Leach staff that he had built which he knew what the heck he's doing. Look at his coaching tree. All that staff that had stuck with him from one place to the next, and they're all there and wanting to be there and continue it. You got Will Rogers coming back. It's going to be his fourth year in the offense. Surely he'll take a step forward in year four versus year three. It'll be the offensive lines, seniors and super seniors year, all of them. They're going to take a step forward. Woody's senior year, he'd be more the focal. The other guy transferred. All these and, and you had all these things that at that it just I don't know. I don't know how you get to the point of deciding you had to blow that up at that time. I just don't know how you got there. Jonathan Texas show. What do you say? If so someone needs to tell her Oh, 
Yeah, the rocket at Toledo said somebody needs to tell our aerospace engineering department about that and come up with something. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, Grenada High School, by the way, by the way, great storyline in high school football this week in the playoffs. Warren Central is hosting Grenada. Of course, Warren Central coached by former Mississippi State Bulldog Josh Morgan and his brother, Rob Morgan, who Rob and I are the same age. We were roommates for a while, both quarterbacks at State together. Rob's the older brother, Josh's younger brother. So they are hosting Grenada, who the head coach at Grenada now is Michael Fair, who was Josh and Rob's teammate, roommate for a while at Mississippi State. Michael Fair, offensive lineman from Carroll Academy for State, played for Coach Cheryl, was an all-SEC offensive lineman, and now he's the head coach at Grenada. So you got actually former teammates, roommates, coaching against each other in the playoff game Grenada, but I, I thought of that because Grenada High School, if you've ever been there, they've got the big Air Force airplane out there on a stilt out in front of the school. Maybe I ought to point that thing at their rival. <laughs> uh, Beeve's former neighbor, Steven, says, What is the deal with Joe Judge? Shouldn't there be about seven or eight other options that are feasible before you get to him? Well, I, you know... Sure, I, I guess. You know, if you're – I mean, look at it this way, Stephen. Certainly from a college coaching experience, it all depends on what the decision makers are valuing. That's the thing. And I'm not the AD. You aren't either. But as we talk about – we're not going to sit here and every day that we talk about the coaching t- change just talk about one candidate. We're talking about all kinds of guys who may be possibilities because we don't know who the target is. And so what – I've kind of spelled that out, is if they're prioritizing someone who's not going to look at the job as a stepping stone, if they're going to prioritize maybe like NFL stuff, you know, experience or connections and staff and that kind of thing, in a new era, for all I know, in a new era of college football, arranging your roster may be more akin to the NFL than it's ever been because you have free agency in college ball now. So, I don't know. I mean, if you value some of those things, he's on the list. He just is. If if more so, you're wanting college, previous college experience, well, then obviously he's down the list. He didn't have it. He's been in the NFL this whole time. Jason out in Flagstaff. Say it with me. Arizona says, I'd take Mullen in a heartbeat. But would he get time to build anything even if he did go back? The offense he ran wasn't nearly as different from what Kroom tried to run as it is this air raid roster. It would take a while. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, one thing about it, though, Jason, I mean, I don't think Dan's a possibility here, but one thing he – one quality he always did seem to have – that really helped him year to year is he was very flexible in scheme and formation and approach based on the personnel. And we've talked about that, but you look at the difference just within a couple of years of each other from when he had Chris Ralph as a starting quarterback in, say, 2010 to when Tyler Russell was his quarterback in 2012. And, 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 and really for me, now, Dak's such a special player, you don't come across this much, but look at the difference in their offense in 14 
versus 15. I mean, you could start by just looking at the numbers, pass attempts, run attempts, and the way Dak played. It, it, the flexibility there is pretty incredible. You don't see too many coaches who can do that year to year with different types of personnel. Um, <laughs> J-Rock said, J-Rock said, hey, Matt, D-Manning needs to know we don't need a campaign to dislike that school up north. It's a birthright. <laughs> uh, D-Manning's a good sport about it. He wished me a happy Thanksgiving and said he still, regardless, he enjoys uh, listening to the show. <laughs> uh, Robin Jackson said the Red Raider statue outside of the stadium in Lubbock is situated so the horses <laughs> faces College Station. <laughs> that is really good. I mean, that is intentional right there. Uh, Tiger David texts the show, says, what do you think about Mullen coming back because Mullen wouldn't or State wouldn't? I don't, I don't think either are interested in going on that path right now. I will see, though. Maurice said, did you play with Bernard Ewell? He got coach of the year at Velma Jackson. I sure did. Bernard was, I think, a senior when I was a freshman. So we were on a team together, I believe, for one year. And, uh, man, hats off to Bernard. I'm really happy for him. Heck of a football coach, and he's been at it a long time, too. All right, listen, it's been a while. When we come back, we're going to play a game of overrated or underrated with Beaver. I've been waiting on this all day. It's coming up. Stick around. Here we go. All right, back with you. In just a second, we got a game of overrated, underrated coming up with uh, my man Beaver. First, LSU texts the show, the country pleasing text line. He says, Matt, you got to stop poo pooing on the idea of Ed Ogeron at state. He's not a long term solution, but give the man a three year deal to breathe life into a lifeless program. You're going to get solid defense. He's connected enough to bring in the staff and prove the offense. He says, but aside from all that, you get the former Ole Miss coach at its rival school, matched up against the man he replaced, his interim at USC. That's excitement. And he says the man can recruit. That would be short for recruit. Whether or not State wants to extend him after three years, both sides can part, knowing he's likely leaving behind a loaded roster. And then he sends – because I'm reading that – Right, the whole time going, come on, man. Are you sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> and then, then he says, then he says, I'm only half serious about this, but if all we're doing right now is baseless speculation, the conversation at least makes for good radio. Well, doggone, you know what? You're exactly right, LSU, and I appreciate that. You put it out there. Hey, put it out there. Let's do that. Good radio for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out there, LSU, that you and I on the Matt Wyatt Show were discussing Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Legit discussing it. Go ahead and put it out there and see what happens. I don't care. <laughs> Good radio. That's all we're after. Isn't that the name of the game? 
Uh, CB95 with a good point. He did say that turkey will taste a lot better if the interim coach somehow smokes Southern Miss and edges Ole Miss by a field goal, don't you think? Well, you you said it. <laughs> well, that happens. You may build a statue of Greg Knox and point him northwest <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> If you get what I'm saying. All right, let's play a game of overrated, underrated right now with our man, Beaver. Beaver, you consider yourself a child of the 90s? Yes, absolutely. I know you do. All better than Ezra and everything. 90s, baby. Hey, Beaver, side note. I didn't even know I was going to mention this to you, but... You ever get on YouTube and it starts suggesting videos? You have no idea why it's suggesting it, it turns out, but you watch some of it anyway. Um, for me, it was the 1989 Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. And you know who one of the performing groups was in the 1989 Macy's Thanksgiving Parade? Hmm. New Kids on the Block. Matt, what? Wait a minute. What did you watch that made them suggest okay. that particular year? I have no earthly idea. None. But here's the thing. About, here's a weird thing about it. I clicked on it. <laughs> I clicked on it and started scrolling through it. So it's like they know something in my head. Get out of my head, YouTube. Right? Anyway, that was 89. So that was just before your time. All right. Here you go, Beaver. On this day... In 1997, on Fox, the 100th episode of this TV show aired. Do you know what show it is? X-Files. X-Files. Were you a big watcher of X-Files? I wasn't. But, let's see, you just mentioned... Connecting dots, you just mentioned Better Than Ezra. Yes. And X-Files, the movie, soundtrack featured a song by Better Than Ezra. Whoa. But, you know, I never watched X-Files. Okay. I think it was appropriately rated, though. Okay. Because I know it was big at the time, and I've always liked David Duchovny. David Duchovny. He was really the most notable actor to come out of that thing, I think. Well, okay, so there you have it. Beaver believes that X-Files is appropriately rated. I can See, here's the thing. Beaver, I never watched it either. Okay, and this it was on the whole time I was like in high school and in college and everything and everybody was always talking about the X-Files. I never watched it. Beaver, I'm going to you tell me if I'm nuts. But in the mid-90s pop culture references around a water cooler and at coffee shops about X-Files was like it was about Breaking Bad. People always talked about X-Files and talked about how good it was. Mm -hmm. I never saw it. So it's appropriately rated. We even I brought up randomly better than Ezra. Beaver then remembers unprompted a connection between the X-Files and better than Ezra. If that ain't spooky, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, RT says, 
uh, the X-Files was Jackie Sherrill's file cabinet. It might have been. He knew some things, huh? All right. Hey, and one more thing, Beaver. Did you know that today is National Fast Food Day? You aware of that? No. Okay, I'm going. Here, here's, here we go. Top five. Here are the top five fast food chains that every single time, 24 hours a day, if I drive by them, I am tempted. Number one, number one, Popeye's. It's fast food. Number two, Chick-fil-A, except on Sundays. Number three, oh, oh, I'm struggling. I'm going to have to do a top three. I can't do five because I don't eat that much fast food. Popeye's. I got a chicken theme going on. I got Popeye's one. I got Chick-fil-A two. Three. I'll go with. Oh man. Three. I'll go with Canes. Raisin Canes. What you got, Beef? I'm all chicken. What do you got? <laughs> you you are all chicken. What's that about? <laughs> so I you know, I it's not my number one. And I don't stop there every time, but I understand completely that you're tempted by Chick-fil-A because mm-hmm. around the corner from here, by the Costco, right across from the Costco, there is a Chick-fil-A. And uh. I don't I don't go to the Costco a ton, but every single time I go by there, especially since that pimento sandwich came out. Every single time I go to that Costco, I think I would, I would like to get some of that. I would like to get that sandwich and some of those waffle fries. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't often stop, but the temptation is there. So I understand what you mm-hmm. speak of. Yeah, the temptation is something about it. Hey, question: Does these places that have donuts at a drive-through is that considered fast food? You know, I've never considered sweets okay. fast food. Okay. Because honestly, like Krispy Kreme donut or Scarlet's donuts in my hometown, I drive by it. It's always tempting to whip through there. Like it, it pulls me. My car starts, you know, leaning that way. <laughs> oh, you want to play overrated, underrated, <laughs> let's go Krispy Kreme, overrated, Matt White. Okay, okay. Compared to other donut places, I, I can get in with that. But I mean, it's still it's still warm, hot, sugary, soft, melt in your mouth donuts. I mean, donuts. It's hard to screw up donuts. True. <laughs> <laughs> I got him to agree. You hear that? <laughs> hey, by the way, Brom on Facebook says fast food. He's talking. He says that's deer. <laughs> fast, fast food. All right, real quick, Beef, real quick. Uh, the best fast food French fries, where do you find them? Oh, 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 God. Okay. <laughs> Man, I don't know, because it used to be so clear-cut McDonald's, but right. they changed somewhere along the way. McDonald's just went so far downhill for me. Okay. Oh, I, man. I would go with the curly fries at Arby's. That's my favorite fast food fries. I gotta go crink well crinkle cut fries at Arby's. Okay. For me. Okay. Maybe not the top, but tell you what it isn't. It isn't the waffle fry at Chick-fil-A when you get the one off the end of the potato. 
That ain't it. What do they call that? <laughs> that ain't it. Yeah, okay. And then best. Oh, for the fries, I'll go five guys. Oh. Like, give me five guys. Five guys. Okay. Um, best fast food hamburger slash cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Mm. Mm. I think that's five guys, too. Five guys? I haven't been there in so long. You know what I had recently that I was that I really enjoyed? What's that? Whataburger. Yes. Yes. I, I like Whataburger too. I th- you know where I had it? That's what they fed us in the press box down in the corner of the end zone at Auburn, at the Auburn game. And I am not complaining about it one bit. I put two big slices of tomato, lettuce, cheese. Mustard ketchup is a great big hamburger, too. It's like much bigger than a McDonald's hamburger. Yeah, Whataburger. Bring that on again. Happy National Fast Food every day. How big old boy are you? <laughs> All right, listen, y'all. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Matt for Beaver. All of us here on the show. We do five minutes of non-sports, and they're texting us. Bless their widow hearts. <laughs> well done. <laughs> See y'all tomorrow. See ya.